We want to welcome you as we gather here at Spring Hill United Methodist Church. As you know, for the past few Sundays, we have been doing an audio, and then we had the drive-in worship at Easter, and it was a great success. This morning, we're doing a video, um, so along with audio, here from the pulpit of Spring Hill. You need to know that I'm keeping you in mind as I look out upon the pews. I know one church in particular that it put the pictures of all the members in the pews. Um, and I did look through the directory this morning, was thinking about each of you, keeping you in prayer. And also, I wanted to let you know that our church is here, we are strong, God is blessing us, and it will be over soon. I see the light at the end of the tunnel, I believe we all do. And we have some exciting, uh, I think, experiences to share and moments to talk about for the rest of our lives. We have some announcements to make. I want to share, we have some very exciting news you know, about our Duke intern. We've received word uh, that we will be receiving not just one intern, but two interns. They will start on May 20, uh, well, I'm sorry, it's a May 31st, uh, and they will work for eight weeks. Um, it'll be virtual to start off with. So you'll be seeing them on Facebook. They'll be linked up during the Sunday worships while we are apart. And they will be working in particular with the young people using the technology Zoom uh, with a worship and ex um, also experience with our young people. So we're looking forward to receiving Noah Glover and our other intern is Christopher West. So it's amazing how we didn't have any last year and now we have two. God is blessing us in a powerful way. Let us open up with prayer. Dear Lord, as we gather here in this place, we know that the Spirit is present. We know that your faith in us is strong. And Lord, we believe in you. We trust in you and we hope in you. As we gather here this morning in this sacred place, we want everyone to know that we are a part of Spring Hill and we are a part of the kingdom of God. Today, we're gonna to look at what it means to be an Easter person what it means to find hope in the midst of hopelessness, light in the midst of darkness. Lord, let us claim these promises that you have made to us. In Jesus' holy, sweet name we pray. Amen. Our Psalter this morning is found from Psalm 16. It's in our hymnal on page 748. And it shares, The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. You hold my lot. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. I have a glorious heritage. I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me. The Lord is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad and my soul rejoices. My body also dwells secure. For you do not give me up to Sheol or let your godly one see the pit. You have shown me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. In your right hand are pleasures forevermore. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. This is a wonderful psalm. It's an Easter psalm. And I'm always amazed at the beginning of this psalm. It says, protect me, O God, for in you I take refuge. And indeed, God is protecting us even now in the midst of the storm we find ourselves in. As we continue our time together, it's important that we understand that the Word of God is what binds us together and gives us hope in this time. 
In our celebration of Easter, which indeed was unique and special, we had many cars here. I, I lost count after 40, um, and we had a good time in our Easter celebration. We're looking forward to other opportunities of coming together, but I can say with just blessed assurance how happy we will be when we all come back together in person. In fact, we have members who are waiting to join till we come back together, two families. And we as a church have been blessed in so many ways in this community. Um, but the scripture today is found in John, the 20th chapter. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And after this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said again to them, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. This is a wonderful word. The first day of the week, of course, as Christians, is Sunday. We celebrate Sunday as the first day because this is the day the Lord has made, and this is the day he appeared to the disciples in his risen state. Uh, such a powerful scripture that he calls us to be ambassadors of peace in this world we live. Our scripture this morning for the sermon is based on 1 Peter, the first chapter. These are Peter's words to help us understand what it means to be a Christian person. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. By his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, and into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who are being protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, even if now for a little while you have had to suffer various trials, so that the genuineness of your faith being more precious uh, than gold that, though perishable, is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. And although you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and rejoice with an indescribable and glorious joy. For you are receiving the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Let us pray. Dear Lord, open up these words, these words of Peter that cross the barriers of time and space, that we may claim your grace here today. Lord, let us be your people, that we may know the indescribable joy that Peter speaks of and how you have protected us from the storms of life. Lord, as we gather here, let us know that Easter people always find hope always find peace, and always find love. In Jesus' holy, sweet name, we pray. Amen. We've received a lot of signs in the news over the past few days of the light at the end of the tunnel. I said, I shared that with Brad when I came in the door this morning, that I see the light at the end of the tunnel. In fact, I was speaking to someone just a few days ago, and they asked me, what did I think? And I told them, I'm seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. The light I see at the end of the tunnel is not a human-made light. It's not one made of our best expectations. It is the light that shines from the cross, 
the light that shines from the empty tomb. It's the hope that I have and you have in Jesus the Christ. Now, you have to understand that Peter, a common fisherman, now has emerged as the leader of the disciples. He is not a well-learned man, but he is a man who now God has bestowed knowledge and understanding far beyond his station in life. And Peter shares these words, and he says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. By his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ our Lord. I love the way that he describes hope, not as a state of mind, but a state of being. He calls it a living hope. In other words, it's a hope that we can experience every day. And I can say that as a nation, I believe that people are turning to God in a powerful way and turning to Christ in a particular way. I believe that hope has gone from just a faith stance to a living stance, because each and every day, we have to have hope to continue to the next day. Um, in fact, we know even now there are different things happening and people are getting tired of the lockdown and all these things that are happening in our culture. But understand that this event is not just here, it's across the whole world. In fact, my daughter Leanna and her husband Mina have been in quarantine and lockdown now for a number of weeks on the block that they live. And they're surviving and we pray that soon they'll be thriving and God will open up the door. See, that prayer we have is a prayer of hope. And Peter is saying in this scripture, God's mercy has been given us so that we can be born into this new hope, a living hope. And this hope comes from the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. The power of the resurrection is the power of living hope. It is the ability and the availability to know that through his resurrection, all things are possible to those that love the Lord and live according to his purpose. And not only is this hope in this world, this hope he describes in the fourth verse, and to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. Now, what is this inheritance that is being kept for us? What is this gift that God is giving us that is there waiting for us? Well, we hear part of it when Jesus says in the Gospel of John, I go to prepare a place for you. In other words, it is a particular gift. It's not a general gift. It's a unique gift to just us. It is what we need the most that God is providing. And what do we need the most right now? Well, each person has their own list each person has their own way. In fact, um, <laughs> it's amazing. I finally come back to Facebook after uh, 20 years. In fact, some could say I helped invent Facebook back in the early days with the Internet and all the work I did in that area. And I've been posting on Facebook places I want to see after the pandemic. And I put on there Looking Glass Falls over in Brevard and Lake Junaluska, a picture of it. And also uh, the Redeemer Christ uh, that you find in Brazil. I'm not saying I want to go to Brazil anytime soon, but I want to see these places. In other words, I want to see things that give me hope. I don't want to see the darkness and the shadows and the hopelessness because that's everywhere. I want to see light that shines. In fact, the study said the other day that this virus cannot survive in the sunlight. And that's a good reason to get out in the sunlight and to let the light shine upon your life. 
to breathe in the air and know that God is God of creation, as God has given us a hope, a living hope. And he says in the fifth verse, you who are being protected, protected. You've heard me say this in sermons and times we've shared that God put a hedgerow of protection around you. As your pastor, I have, have prayed a hedgerow of protection around you. And that has come at times of great need and even times of great celebration. And I've been praying for each and every one of you every day, a hedgerow of protection be around you, that God protect you by his power. And that power we come to realize is through faith for a salvation, Peter says, ready to be revealed at the last time. Now, I don't know if this is the last time. <laughs> I know some, they say it is the last time. There's signs and there's wonders. But I'll tell you what, it may not be the last time, but it's like the last time. It is like a time that judgment has come upon the land and the wrath that we see happening and humanity being called in its vices and sins. But what I see is not this as the last time. I see it as the first time. Because the first time is the Easter time. It's the celebration that the life we have been given, even though it's had its ups and downs, its valleys and its mountaintops, the life we have been given, God has protected us and helped us to walk the journey that we are on. We are being protected by the power of God, it says here in the fifth verse of 1 Peter, the first chapter. And he says, in this you rejoice. In other words, we find hope in this protection that God <clears throat> has given to us. It says, even if now for a little while you have to suffer various trials. What is the trial of the day? Is the trial the virus? Is the trial the nation being in lockdown and quarantine and the world being a different place? Oh, these are certainly trials. These are certainly difficulties that we have had to go through. My Lord, even the common elements we have trouble finding at the grocery store right now. But the real trial we've been going through is a trial of faith. A trial of faith. There are some people who will respond to this time and they will say there is no God for no God could call something like this. But I say that there is a God and God didn't cause this, but God is helping us get through this. See, the trial that we're going through is a trial of faith. This nation needs to pray to God Almighty, to ask God for genuine salvation in their life. In this you rejoice, Peter says, even if for a little while you have to suffer various trials. So that the genuineness of your faith being more precious than gold. In other words, the faith is more precious. That's why works cannot save a person. People think they just do a certain thing and they'll be saved. Sisters and brothers, just doing something doesn't save you. It's believing in someone that saves us. See, the genuineness of faith is being tested. And I tell you right now, I believe in God more now than I've ever believed in him my entire life because I see his hand of mercy upon us. And the day is coming when the light will fully come and the morning will rise and the nation will once again be able to enter out of the darkness back into the light. And how many will get on their knees and thank God Almighty that the day has arrived or how many will run back to the same world that they had before a world of being lost. 
So the genuineness of faith is more precious than gold. And I think some people who tried to make the dollar and had their life's ambition to be rich or others who wanted to be famous or others who wanted to have a moment's glory now are reevaluating what is really worth the life that I live. And I pray that they realize that there's three things. The first being faith. Faith, the genuineness of your faith being more precious than gold. That is the most precious part of us God has given to us is the ability to believe in him, to love him, to worship him, to call upon his name. Faith is indeed that powerful gift of inheritance that he has given to us. Not only do we believe in God, but he calls us that he believes in us. If he didn't believe in us, he would have already closed the door to this story that's unfolded. That's why I hope it always springs eternal. The second thing that he gives us this inheritance is family. Think about it. What is the one common thing that has emerged from this storm that we are in? The one common thing is family has reemerged in America. Family that was distanced by technology where every time we gathered with the ones we loved, everybody was looking at their phone instead of each other. We now have common meals as family. We have common conversations as family. We have common jokes and humor as family. We have moments of trial as family. God has made the American family come back together. And I know that's hard in some cases where families are broken and relationships are broken. But understand the good that is happening, that God is making us realize the ones around us, the ones that we are called to love and protect and care for, the genuineness of family. Because I tell you right now, you know who your family is right now. You know who truly loves you and cares about you. You know who you're protected around. See, the family is indeed an internal inheritance. In fact, time after time, Jesus describes our relationship with the living God as a family relationship. He teaches us in the Lord's Prayer, our Father who art in heaven. In other words, family is the basis of the eternal relationship because family can last forever. And God's called us to this inheritance of family. Now, sisters and brothers, that means that our family is the family of faith. It's the family of hope. It's the family of redeeming grace. That's why I love that picture, you know, that photograph of the redeeming Christ there in the harbor in Brazil with his hands outstretched and he's welcoming people and he's showing them the wounds. In fact, this very Sunday, one of the scriptures is about Thomas. If you keep reading uh, in John, you hear about Thomas and his story of doubting God. Years ago, when I first started serving ministry, one of the churches I had had all Thomases in it one way or the other. Their last name was Thomas. So I used to preach the doubting Thomas sermon at least twice a year to these people. And they all enjoyed it because with their name Thomas. But in the scripture, Thomas, he's not there. And then he comes and he says, not until I touch his hands where nails were driven in, not until I rid this life of corruption and the sin, not until I help each one who falls by the side will this thirst be quenched, this soul satisfied. See, in other words, it's not what Thomas didn't believe. It's what Thomas wanted to believe. He wanted to believe, but he did not see. And then Jesus shows up and shows him. And then how blessed are those who do not see the Lord, 
can believe. See, family is so precious as an eternal gift from God. And then the scripture, it continues, and it shares with us that we're, indeed, we're called to realize that it says, you have not seen him, but you love him. Even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and rejoice with indescribable and glorious joy. It's going to be a joyous day when Miss Charlie is sitting right there, isn't it, Brad? It's going to be a glorious day when the choir is sitting over there. A glorious day when Spring Hill is going to come back together. Now, sisters and brothers, we're not a business. We don't shut down. <laughs> the needs are too many. But I'll tell you what, what indescribable joy that will be when we'll have that meal over in the fellowship hall for the new members that join this church. We welcome them into Spring Hill. It'll be a glorious day when we come together and we uh, stay after church. I remember when I first got here, I remember. Some say, oh, it's not so, but it is so. I remember that we all tended to rush home after church when I first got here. And then a few months after I got here, I noticed people started staying and talking. Now, it weren't about me. Never is about the preacher. Preacher is just a vessel. God uses the better and the worst. But what it's about is you. It's about the fellowship. Because heaven isn't going to be singular. I'm not going to have my version of heaven, and you're going to have your version of heaven, and the two shall never meet. The gift is we're going to be together in heaven. Jesus describes it. He describes a common meal. He describes a celebration. He describes a throne. He describes a choir. <laughs> he describes a home. He describes a room. And even though we'll have our particular unique identity in heaven, we will be together in heaven. And sisters and brothers, that means that we're going to be around each other for a long time. This means we're going to be around others that we may not agree with for a long time. So we better get used to living with one another and loving one another and caring for one another. Although you have not seen him, you love him. Even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and rejoice with indescribable and glorious joy. And this is what Peter says, and it's so powerful there in the ninth verse. For you are receiving the outcome of your faith. See, Faith is paying dividend right now. Faith is paying what it gives to us. And what does it give to us? Not only is God in this moment, God was in yesterday. God was there when the first shadows of this storm started to come over us. God is there when the schools started to be shut down and the businesses started to be shut down. Even in that moment of great trial, God was there. And God will be there when the day of glorious opportunity happens. Now, our grandfather, Archie Smith, he was a free will Baptist preacher for years and years. And he told me the story of his father, George W. Smith, when he was dating my, well, she would be my great-grandmother, Rachel Leanna Patience Simmons. She was a Simmons. And he said that the great earthquake of 1888 happened in Charleston, and they lived down in Horry County, South Carolina at that time, and that the earthquake came and people were in the church and the churches were packed, and that's back when people attended church in mass numbers as families, as community. 
And he said that the people were in church every Sunday for about a year, and then afterwards they started going back to their same old ways. How many more chances is God going to give us till we get things right? The day that this breaks, the Sunday that this church opens completely all the doors, we need to be here. We need to be here. And we don't need to be here empty-handed. We need to be here with our offerings, with our gifts, and with our service. We need to be here. I'm going to work with these two interns. It'll be different virtually. They'll be working 40 hours a week. I have a lot of assignments I'm going to give to them of studying and reading. I'm going to ask them to do music and devotions, to come online. They don't even know what's about to hit them because they're coming to Spring Hill. But the day's going to come when they're going to need to be here in person. In fact, Duke has not set the date yet, but said it will happen. So it means that for that time, we're going to be receiving these young ministerial candidates, and they're going to come into a church, and they already know about this church, for they've been told that this is the strongest rural church in the conference. They've been told these are the best people in the conference. And sisters and brothers, we're not going to let them down. We're going to call on them to learn and grow as we have. For you are receiving, he says in the ninth verse, the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Now Peter was preaching when he said this, the salvation of your souls. Sisters and brothers, always worry about the soul. But what I'm more worried about right now is the heart. Is your heart troubled? Are you sad? Let us pray. Dear Lord, bless us and touch our hearts and fill us again. Renew our spirit. Give us hope. Let us know that love is able to provide in all times. Lord, thank you for Spring Hill and for the blessings of this church and for the beauty of this place. Thank you that we indeed have opened our hearts. And Lord, bless us in the coming days and weeks ahead and let the light fully come in the morning. In Jesus' holy, sweet name we pray. Now may the love of God, the grace of Jesus Christ, our Savior, the power of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore, we pray. Amen. Amen and God bless.